God meets our needs. Alright, quickly, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer, not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I will learn from God's word and my life will never be the same. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. We're still talking about the born identity and today is our last installment. Amen. And we say the process of leaving your identity is number one, you must know who you are. Amen. You must know who you are. And we say number two, you must know your God. Amen. And we say number three, you must know your enemy. And we say number four, you must leave your life from your position of identity. Amen. Amen. And uh, today we are going to back down because we skipped uh, point number three of knowing your enemy. And today we want to uh, just get in there and uh, uh, see what we can learn uh, about uh, this, de- this devil that we hate so much. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter number two, verse 11. Hallelujah. We don't dwell so much on studying uh, demonology and the devil... Because the best way to know an original is not to study fakes. Amen. If you want to uh, distinguish an original from a fake, all you have to do is to become acquainted with the original. Amen. When you know what's true, it's easier to identify what's false. But when you go around chasing after what's false, there's always something newer that's false. They're always making a, a latest uh, fake note. Amen? So you never keep up. Hallelujah. So just aunt your neighbor and say, quit trying to figure out Illuminati. And just study the word. Amen? Man, that one hour you spend listening to Illuminati documentaries is not going to bless you. It's not going to edify you. Amen? I said amen. amen. But if you get into the word, you will be edified. Watch what it says. Lest Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. So the church has to understand what the strategy is that the enemy use in uh, 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 wanting to dominate them. Amen? amen? That's the first place. And uh, before we even get into it, uh, uh, the world has made us to believe that there are uh, uh, five sides to the story. You know, there is God, and there is something else bad, and there is something else uh, that's in between God and the devil. That's a little bit good, and it's a mixture of good and bad. And then there is uh, self, and then there is the devil. No, in this life that you and I live, there is only two sides to the story, and that's God's side and the devil's side. And uh, Jesus said it like this. He said, if, if, if they are not against us, then they are for us. But if they are not for us, they must be against us. Amen? So there is no in-between, you know, middle ground. They, they have not received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, but they are a nice person. No, you are either with God or you are with the devil. Can I get an amen? 
Amen. So there is no middle ground where it's just self. You know, I was talking and preaching to this atheist at the office and just, you know, talking to them about Jesus and so on and so forth. And she said to me, you know, you know, I'm, I'm not serving the, the devil or anything. I, I, I'm a self-run person. I run myself. And I say to her, you know, self is the biggest deception the devil has used against people. When you're running yourself, you are being run by the devil. That's why the Bible says you are to die daily to self. So you can be submitted to the will of God. Hallelujah. Man, self will send you to hell. Self will keep you broke. Self will keep you sick. Amen. But when you submit it to God, listen, even in your marriage, don't run your own marriage. Let God run it. When we do marriage classes, we tell people, hey, listen, if you want this marriage to work, keep Jesus at the center of it. Right. Oh, no, Pastor, I'm going to take my chances. You don't want to take your chances. Amen. John 10, uh, verse 10. But before we go there, let's go to James chapter number 4, verse 7. Man, I'm telling you, it's going to get good today. James chapter number 4, verse 7. Thank you, Jesus. This is how we fight the devil. Watch what he says. He says, therefore, submit to who? Notice he didn't say, therefore, determine yourself. See, because once you step into that place where you are determining yourself, you are going to be defeated. So the first thing you need to do is to submit to God. Submit all of the areas of your life to God. Someone shout, today, I submit all my relationships to God and His Word. Someone shout, today, I submit all my finances to God and His Word. When you submit it to God, then and only then will you gain the strength to fight and oppose the devil. The process is not fight the devil and after he flees from you, then be submitted to God. No, the process is submit to God first. Amen. Then, once you submit to God, you have God's kind of power, His divine energy, better known as the anointing, to resist the devil. And when you resist the devil, unlike the Apostle Paul, he uses a military term. See, resisting the devil is not passive. It's active. You know, I used to think uh, growing up, if there was a war in our country, you know, when the enemies would come and, and so on and so forth, I'm just going to play dead. You know, when they're shooting everyone, you know, shooting everyone, me, I'll just fall on the ground and play dead until they pass. Then I'll get up and run home. <laughs> you won't find that strategy in Scripture. Amen? In fact, Scripture uses words like resist. It uses words like fight. It uses words like we wrestle. No, no, we don't play dead. We wrestle, we fight. We stand our ground. Amen? And we fight the devil. John chapter number 10, verse 10. Thank you, Lord. John chapter number 10, verse 10. The thief, and who, 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 who be the thief? I didn't hear that. The devil. the devil is a thief, right? Watch what he says. 
The devil or the thief does not come except to do what? Come on, preach with me, church. <laughs> so if you get if 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 something that you own gets stolen, who has stolen it from you? Oh, if your health gets stolen, who is stealing it from you? I didn't hear that. See, the church has confused these concepts. Sometimes they confuse God as the devil and the devil as God. This is why we have to teach this message. You know, I've heard people say, Oh, I'm sick and God has gotten me this sick because he's trying to teach me a lesson. I've heard people say, you know, you know, I was doing well and my career was going well and then I started sinning, living in sin and, and God came and uh, took that job away from me to teach me a lesson. No, it wasn't God. The devil comes to steal. It was you. In fact, it says in Ephesians chapter number 4, neither give place to the devil. See, let me tell you something about sin. When you sin, it does not affect your relationship with God. It's like that prodigal son. He went away. God is still, he will still embrace you. But what it does is when you sin, you give an opportunity to the devil to come into you. It's like living in Johannesburg and you don't lock your doors. That's what it is. And the Bible says, do not give place to the devil. And I like that scripture. You know why? Because it means I have the power to either give him place or not give him place. And God told me not to give the turkey place in my life. And guess what? I will not give him place. So the enemy comes not but to what? Steal and to kill and to destroy. And then Jesus flips it and he says, I have come that they might have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Let me give you some simple theology. Devil, bad. Jesus, good. Amen? Is poverty good or bad? That's the devil. Hallelujah. Is strife good or bad? That's the devil. Is unity good or bad? And that's Jesus. This real simple theology will help you know who to fight and when to fight in all areas of your life. Amen? So God is good and he's good all the time. The devil is bad and he's bad all the time. So when something bad happens in your life, know that is the devil. There's no in-between. It's the devil. And guess what? When you know that it's the devil, you're going to swing hard. Knowing that you're fighting the devil. But you see, when you're not sure, you know, maybe this sickness might be from God or it's from, from the devil. You know, you're not going to fight until, unless you start fighting God himself, right? Because if it's from God and you're swinging, you might hit Father God. So, you know, you won't be really swinging. You're just, you know, shadow boxing. But when you know that sickness is from the devil, you go out swinging, man, just swinging everything wildly, biting your ear, Mike Tyson, amen? Because you know it's the devil. When it's poverty in your life, you will fight it because you know it's not coming from God, it's coming from the devil. When there is death in your family, you will fight it knowing that it's not coming from God, it's coming from the devil. Amen? This real simple theology will help you. God is good and the devil is bad. Bad, 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 triple bad. 
Amen. Let's go to Ephesians chapter number 6. Thank you, Jesus. In fact, before we go to Ephesians chapter number 6, let's just read. Uh... No, let's go to Ephesians chapter number 6 from verse 10. Ephesians chapter number 6, verse 10. Watch what it says. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Next verse. Put on the whole armor of God. Amen? Amen. Notice he didn't say, let the Lord put it on you. God provides the armor, but it is us who have to do the putting on. Did you see that? You have to put on the whole armor. God will provide you with the armor, but it is you that has to wear it. Amen? Put on the whole armor, and notice he emphasizes what you should put on. He says, put on everything. The whole armor. You know why? Because <laughs> we have a lot of people going to battle only with the helmet of salvation and their drawers. <laughs> Can you imagine running around battle only with the helmet of salvation? <laughs> Amen? Nothing else. And they are fighting there in the middle of battle. Oh, some of you are saying, oh, okay, pastor, you know, I got saved and I don't want to go to battle. Oh, no, you are in battle. Once you get saved, the battle has begun. The devil hates you and everything that he represents and he's coming to fight you. He's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. And if you don't learn how to fight, you will be defeated. So you have to put on everything. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the what? Come on, preach with me. So that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles simply means deceits of the devil. You know, I remember growing up uh, uh, in our youth group, and uh, Pastor Trevor will tell you this, and Sister Rumi and many others who were part of that youth group back in the, in the 90s, you know. <laughs> we were youth in the 90s. You know, I was talking to someone uh, just this past week. They had helped me with something. And I said at the end of the conversation, Hey man, thank you so much for the 411. And they were like, what's that? What's the 411? And man, I received the revelation that I was old. Amen. We used to go through the streets uh, of Greendale, you know, praying and breaking barriers and just praying and breaking and pulling down strongholds. <laughs> you know, we're pulling down strongholds. You know, the one time we went into a, a tall building at the highest level, you know, with the, my friends, Pastor Kuda, and we said, yeah, this is where the, the high things are and we're pulling them down. And you know, the Holy Spirit asked me, he said, where, where are you pulling them down? Where you are? And I was like, oh, I shouldn't be pulling them down where I am. Because they're going to cause me problems. <laughs> Amen. But we're getting into all these kinds of spiritual gymnastics that you won't see in scripture. Oh, it sounded good. Man, spiritual gymnastics are good. They are awesome. Oh, they're marvelous, man. You know, have you ever heard people say something like, you know, um, Pastor T, I'm not growing spiritually or something like that. Have you ever heard people say that? You know, the Bible says in First uh, uh, Peter chapter number 2, verse 2, it says to us, it says, like little children, desire the sincere milk of the word so that you may grow. See, you don't feel spiritual growth. You know, when people say, ah, you know, I feel like I'm not growing spiritually. No, you're in the wrong arena. Spiritual growth is not a feeling, it is a learning. 
Amen? Amen. When you stop growing spiritually, you stop learning. And here he says, so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. That word wiles means deceits of the devil. The highest level of spiritual warfare is not when you're going up tall buildings, you know, pulling things down. The highest level of spiritual uh, warfare is when the devil comes to you and he drops a thought that is contrary to God's word. It's the highest level of spiritual warfare. It's a hard message to preach in Africa, you know, because we think spiritual warfare is when people get spooky. We think spiritual warfare is when people are conversing with demons, which you won't find in scripture. Who are you? Where did you come from? What did you come to do? You know, in front of people and everyone is saying, wow. And instead of ministering the power of God, we actually minister fear. And people are so afraid. Man, we used to do that. We used to ask demons, who are you? Where did you come from? And by the end of the meeting, everyone is afraid. Oh, did you hear what that demon said? Oh, that demon. That demon, that demon said they came from Guatemala, Baba. And everybody is afraid of demons. You know why? Because we were not ministering for God. Unfortunately, we were being agents of the devil. In our ignorance. The highest level of spiritual warfare. When uh, the enemy went to uh, Eve to tempt her and her husband Adam, the Bible says he, he went uh, uh, through a serpent because it was the most subtle of all animals in the garden. That word subtle means uh, uh, deceitful in a quiet way. How many of you know that the devil is not coming to your life, to your marriage, to your finances in a red uh, uh, suit and a pitchfork? <laughs> No, he's coming as clever wisdom. Man, if you went to people who don't tithe, it makes sense not to tithe. Oh, I knew I wasn't going to get it. Man, this is strong. Amen. It makes sense for both people, for people on, the, on the, both sides of the ledger. You know why? Because the enemy has deceived them. He has given them wiles. He went to Eve and he said, Did God say... Every time you hear a thought that challenges God's word in your mind, spiritual warfare has begun. So you could be in your car driving to work. And if you hear a thought that says you're going to die of a sickness, you're already in spiritual warfare. If you hear a thought that says you will not be able to afford to pay your bills, you're already in spiritual warfare. Every time you have a thought that is contrary to God's word, spiritual warfare has begun. At the highest level. Same principle that the devil brought to Jesus. And to Jesus it was even worse because he was quoting scripture. Misquoting scripture I may have to say. So not only do you have to know the scripture. You also have to know how to skillfully apply it. Next verse. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Your wife is not your problem. Your boss is not your problem. You know, when we go to these uh, uh, prayer meetings, and then, you know, the pastor gets up and he starts quoting Old Testament scripture, saying, Oh, your enemies, uh, uh, he will make a table in the presence of you. Uh, he will make a table in the presence of your enemies. And a lot of church folk who are kind now are thinking they are neighbor. Or they are boss. He just told you we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. The enemy he's talking about is the devil. Amen. People are not your enemies. Right. 
And then we get to start praying uh, fire, fire prayers and we are burning enemies. We are burning enemies in the name of our neighbors. You know, I command all my enemies to die and you, you're sending fire to people. Man, that's got no God in it. That's ignorance gone to seed. In fact, it's supercalifragilisticexpialidocious ignorance gone to seed. It's ignorance to the power seven. Amen? Tell your neighbor, people are not your problem. Tell them the enemy is talking about is not your neighbor. It is not your boss. Tell them it's not your ex. Hallelujah. Watch what it says. But against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickednesses in heavenly places. And I'm going to show you where the heavenly places are. Amen. The heavenly places are not heaven. Amen. You will find out just now. Next verse. Next verse. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, so that you may be able to withstand in the day, in the evil day, having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded, give it to me in the Amplified. Stand therefore, hold your ground. Did you see that? The reason he's saying hold your ground is because we are not fighting to try and become victorious. We are already victorious. We are fighting to defend the position of victory. Amen. You know, back in the warfare days, they used to want to fight for a high place, you know, a mountain or something, because they knew once you're on a high place, you have advantage. And when Jesus fought the devil, he put you and I at a high place. We are seated in heavenly places, far above all principalities and powers and might, and every name that is named, not only in this world, also in the world to come. So everything that has a name, you are seated above it. Amen. Does cancer have a name? Yes. You are above it. Amen. Does sickness have names? Yes. You are above everything that can be named. Amen. Not only in this world, even in the world to come. Amen. Does poverty have a name? Yes, they call it being broke. You are above it. Amen. Hallelujah. So you are sitting at a high place. You are not trying to take ground. No, you are already victorious and you are fighting from that place. And that puts you and I at an advantage. That means you don't have to know all things to win. Man, you could be blind <laughs> if you are at a high place. As long as you can just, you know, pour that tar over. It's going to get to the devil. You could be one-armed and one-legged. As long as you can just push that boulder and roll it down, it will hit the devil. You know why? Because we're at a high place. Someone shout, it's advantage me. That's what it is. Advantage me. See, a lot of us are fighting the devil with the mindset that he is the one that's powerful. No, you are the one that's powerful. Next verse. Uh, let's stay there. Having tightened the belt of truth around our loins and having put on the breastplate of what? So you have the, 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 the belt of truth. 
you have to know what is true. You have to know that God is the only one that is truth. So everything in God's word is true. Everything else you are facing is just fact. Facts change, the truth remains the same. God's word is the truth and God's word never changes. That's why you don't see a 17th edition, revised edition. We don't revise the Bible. You just get a different translation of the same truth. Alright, uh, so you've put on uh, the, breast, the, the belt of truth, having put on the breastplate, the breastplate uh, of integrity and of moral rectitude and right standing with God. You have to put on the righteousness of God. You have to put it on. Amen? In other words, you have to walk around with the consciousness that you are the righteousness of God. And this will help you to fight guilt and condemnation. Amen. Someone shout, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's who you are. Someone else is saying in their mind, Pastor T, you don't know what I did last night. It's got nothing to do with what you did last night. It's your righteousness in God through Christ, not your actions. Next verse. And having showed your feet in the preparation to face the enemy with firm-footed stability and the promptness and the readiness produced by the good news of the gospel of peace. You have to be ready and ready all the time. And how do you stay ready? By the gospel of peace. You have to receive God's word and stay ready. Amen? Next verse. Lift up overall the shield of faith upon which we can quench all the flaming missiles of the wicked one. Next verse. And take up the helmet of salvation and the sword that the Spirit yields, wields, which is the word of God. Amen. Two things. Notice the only offensive weapon you have is the sword and the sword is what? God's word. The way to fight the devil is through the word. Not through tongues. You know, we used to do that. Maybe we were crazy as young people. Someone manifested a demon at uh, young adults, impact, I remember. And we started praying in tongues. Shanda, shanda, mama, shanda, mama, mama, shanda, mama, and we were scared. Because the demon was, shanda, shanda, mama, and we're looking at each other. And then, you know, the Holy Spirit just said to me, speak to that demon and tell you what to do. And we said, you demon, you foul spirit, I command you to shut up. And boom, it shut up. I was like, oh, it works. I command you now to leave in Jesus' name. And boom, it left. And I was like, oh, it works. In less than five seconds, the demon had been cast out. But prior, we had been trying to do it in our own strength for like three, four hours. In fact, the one time a demon manifested and the pastor was not in the place. And then one of the guys uh, was trying to cast out the devil. And then the devil said, you. You want to cast me out? No, you can't. Go and call your pastor. And then he went out, took off running <laughs> to go and call the pastor. And then when he was halfway, he was like, Ah, oh, I've just been sent by a demon. <laughs> and he came back running. <laughs> and he says, Come out! Puma in Jesus' name. And the thing came out. Amen. It's like, Ah. Oh. <laughs> uh, where are we now? 
We still in Ephesians? Amen. So we are fighting spiritual entities. And the devil will come against you. In this life that we live, the devil will come against you. And you just have to be ready to fight. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you remember the story? And listen, as long as you are in God, the enemy is going to want to fight you. He's going to come against you. It's a sad reality. You know, <laughs> he's coming against you. And if you don't learn how to fight, he'll take you out. Came against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Remember the story? They were asked to bow. And when the bell rang, they didn't bow. They didn't want to bow. And the king called them in. He said, I heard you boys don't want to bow. And they said, well, we can't bow. Because the God that we serve won't allow us to bow to another God. And the king said, well, because of that, um, I'm going to have to tune up the fire ten times. And I'll throw you in. And I'm going to burn you all. Do you have anything to say? And we say, they said, our king, <laughs> we are not even careful as to answer you. In other words, we don't care, 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 don't care. <laughs> we're, not, we're not even careful to answer you. That was the opening line. King, <laughs> we're not even careful to answer you on this matter. Yeah. <laughs> we're not even careful to answer you on this matter. Uh, if, if, if you decide not to burn us, we're still not going to bow. But if you do, the God that we serve shall save us. And guess what? They were thrown in. And as they were thrown in, the Bible says there was a... Uh, when they came to look, in fact, the people that threw them in got burned. And then when they came to look, there were four people in there. And the king said, didn't we throw three? He said, yes, but Jesus came to be with them. God is with you in your troubles, but you have to learn how to fight. And evoke the power of the Holy Spirit to come and strengthen you and be with you. Amen. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Second Corinthians chapter number 10, verse 4 in the Amplified. Second Corinthians chapter number 10, verse 4 in the Amplified. Watch what it says. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical or they are not carnal. They are not weapons of flesh and blood. So every time you see yourself trying to manipulate or backstab people, to get a promotion. You are not working according to God's system. You are already in the flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I knew I wasn't going to get an amen. Yeah. Every time you see yourself trying to manipulate to stay in a relationship. Yeah. You know, I'm going to get this baby and I'll keep him. No, you can't keep him with a baby. Yeah. Sure. 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 <laughs> We've seen that. Baba. <laughs> How old is this world? Even Abraham couldn't keep her guy because of a baby. God told him, ah, let her go, Baba. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Can I be real? Yeah. Every time you see yourself getting in the flesh, yeah. you're not fighting according to God's system. Because our weapons are not carnal. Yeah. They are not physical weapons of flesh and blood. But they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. How many want to know what these strongholds are? He tells you. Next verse. Inasmuch as we refute arguments, where do arguments take place? I didn't hear that. You know when you receive God's word, there's always going to be an opposing voice in your head to argue with God's word. That's why the Apostle Paul uh, stepped into what was called a polemic preaching. 
what that is is to take an argument and work on it until you come up with a solution through god's word amen he says arguments theories where are theories i didn't hear that <laughs> i thought theories were in heavenly places no they are in heavenly places theories and reasonings you know where reasoning kurizin anda kurizin amaningi amen have you ever people have you ever seen people that like to reason too much with god's word yeah you know but uh, uh we don't think uh, uh, uh moses really split the red sea because at this time of the year the 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 sea is usually knee level so they actually walked into uh knee level in the knee level red sea that even makes it a bigger uh, a testimony because the chariots drowned in knee level <laughs> yeah Woo! Right. amen all of the 600 chariots it's still a powerful testimony <laughs> reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that set itself sets itself up against the true knowledge of God and we lead every what I didn't hear that I didn't hear that come on preach with me and we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ the anointed one next verse being in readiness to punish every insubordinate disobedience and when your own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured go back to verse 4 let's do it now in the new king james bible verse 4 verse 4 verse 4 for the weapons of our warfare they are not carnal but they are mighty in god to the pulling down of strongholds next verse casting down arguments you have to cast them down you know when an argument against god's word comes you have to cast it down you just have to take it uproot it from your head and start thinking on god's word don't meditate on it you know no one ever uh uh commits adultery you know pastor you know i just walked in the room and then my pants fell off by themselves and i fell on it <laughs> do you know how it happens it starts as a thought and you know what they do they entertain the thought and once you entertain the thought the thought germinates and it grows and it becomes a big tree and as the bible says as a man thinketh in his heart so is he proverbs 23 verse 7 when you let that thought stay in your head it's going to grow and it will begin to dominate your life it's the same principle with wealth prosperity and poverty when that thought comes to you that says you will not amount to anything financially do not entertain it find something else that's better to 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 think on than that thought because if you do guess what it becomes a self fulfilling prophecy and you know it's so funny this is the devil is so clever 
while you are busy fighting strongholds in spiritual places. And we like that, you know, spiritual gymnastics. We like that. You know, and I don't even know where it came from because the Bible is very clear. As a man of God, your job is to feed people with the word. He says in uh, Ephesians chapter number 4, verse uh, 11, He gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. And He says in verse 14, So that they may no longer be children tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. The way we will get the church to grow up is not through spiritual gymnastics. It is through His Word. We have to feed the church with the word. And once we feed the church with the word, you won't have to call me to come pray for you. You know why? Because you'll be able to pray for yourself. Amen. You won't call me to try and borrow money. Is it lend or borrow? My wife is always correcting me. Which one is it? Borrow? You won't call me to try and borrow money. You know why? Because you can take care of your own finances. But the way you do that is not by spiritual gymnastics. It is by the word. Now pastors want to get that bottle, you know, with milk to feed, right? And they want to do gymnastics with it. Just put it on their head. It's like, you know, that bottle. They took it off and then they say, Shoo. and then you know what the church does? They go and tell their friends, oh, come and see what past my pastor can do with that bottle of, of milk. And then the church is filled up with people that just want to say, Shoo. And then he takes that bottle, he puts it on his head, and he walks. Woo, woo. And everybody says, yeah, yeah. But no one is drinking. Amen. And they go and tell their friends, and they come, and they like spiritual gymnastics. You know, and this time the pastor tells them their phone number. Oh, papa, papa, But you're not eating. Okay, moving right along. Watch what he says. Against yourself, uh, casting down arguments, we have to cast them down. Amen? Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, you have to cast it down. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. In closing, Colossians chapter number 2, verse 15. Colossians chapter number 2, verse 15. Thank you, Jesus. Watch what he says. This is what Jesus did. Having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it. So the devil that you and I are coming against is a defeated foe. Notice he said, having disarmed principalities. Jesus disarmed principalities. In other words, the devil is not a real lion. The Bible even says he goes to and fro as a roaring lion. Not, it didn't say he goes to and fro as a lion. Amen. He is not a lion. He is a toothless lion. He can't bite you. All he can do is gum you. Amen. Stop, so stop giving him power. Man, one of these days I'm going to preach a, a sermon called Who Has Empowered the Devil? And you will see that the devil has no power. The only power that he has is the power that you give him over your life. And it's sad to say that people give him a lot of power over their lives. You know, I was flying to the U.S. to preach uh, uh, a few years ago and I was sitting and uh, we were talking uh, with someone and they asked me where I was going and I said, 
I was going to San Diego and then they kind of mixed it up and they said, oh, did you say you were going to San Francisco? And I said, no, 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 I'm going to San Diego. And then they were like, oh man, thank God. Because you know, San Francisco is the capital, is the gay capital of the world. And I stopped them in their tracks. I said, who, who, who gave San Francisco to the devil? Amen. And he claimed to be a believer. It is through this chitty chatty, you know, that we give away stuff. We are the ones that empower the devil. And I told him, I said, San Francisco is a city for Jesus. It is not the gay capital of the world. I will not let that come out of my mouth. You know, Cape Town is, a, is, a, is the gay capital of Africa. No, it's not. It's the Christian capital of Africa. We ain't giving no ground to the devil. Amen. And guess what? If we don't give him ground, he will not and cannot have any ground. Amen. Why don't you stand on your feet? Thank you, Jesus. Did that help someone this morning? Thank you, Jesus. So the devil is defeated. Do not give him the power that he does not have over your life. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Isaiah chapter number 14 verse 15 to 17 we're just going to read this scripture and then we'll pray amen i want you to see uh this is a scripture about when we get to heaven and we finally get to see the devil amen you know a lot of people think oh devil i don't want to see the devil it's like this big muscular guy is just strangle me no not according to this scripture it says i will ascend above the heights of the clouds and i will be like the most high god next verse yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the peace next verse those who see you and gaze at you and consider you saying is this the man you know, when you finally see that little puny thing sitting in the corner there, it's just weak. It looks weak. People will be like, ah, no, you can't be real. You're telling me this is, this is the thing that made us tremble. Amen. This is the thing that made us tremble. Says this is the thing that made the earth tremble, who shook kingdoms. People wouldn't, won't believe it. Who made the world as wilderness and destroyed its cities? Who did not open the house of his prisoners? Is this the man? You know, people will be like, man, I can't believe it. You know why? Because that's who the devil is. He's sick. He's never had a good day in his life. You know what? <laughs> My bad day will be a good day to the devil. Your worst day. Have you ever had a worst day? <laughs> if you take that and give it to the devil, it will be a very good day. You know why? Because he's never had a good day in his life. And he knows his future. He's going down, baby. He's going down. But you and I are victorious. And we need to treat him as such. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you. We give you glory. Just begin to pray over your life. Begin to command the devil to leave areas of your life begin to cast down every thought 
that exalts itself every argument every thought and every argument that seeks to exalt itself above the knowledge of Christ cast it down right now father I cast down thoughts of lack I cast down thoughts of poverty in the name of Jesus I cast down thoughts of selfishness in the name of Jesus I cast down thoughts of sickness I cast down thoughts of disease in the name of Jesus right now I claim the thoughts of God the peaceful thoughts of God right now I claim the word of God I will keep my mind stayed unto the Lord and he will keep me in perfect peace 